Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Amanda Griffiths, commentator, Young Voices. Amanda's a PhD student concentrating on political theory and international relations with an emphasis on Machiavelli's political thought. Fascinating. All right, um, Amanda, good day, welcome. Dr. Ritchie, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Glad to have you here. And we are going to chop it up about the Mar-a-Lago raid, the pending indictment, in my opinion, of Donald Trump and this investigation holistically. Um, I don't want to presume what you know or believe about this particular item. So if you would, give us your sentiment and I will then opine. Absolutely. You know, initially there wasn't a whole lot of information. Now we have more information. And what I think is that there is stuff here. There is grounds for an investigation. Now, recent decision uh, by Judge Cannon might tie that up somewhat. I do think it's concerning. There's a new FBI leak to the Washington Post saying that there were documents found that contained information about another country's nuclear development program. To me, that's a big deal. To me, that's not something I want someone to just have lying around their house. Even folks like Bill Barr are admitting that's grounds for concern. Well, what I do think is that there are a lot of Democrats in Congress who don't want Donald Trump indicted. They want Donald Trump nominated. They're all too happy to keep him in the media cycle. As long as they can make Donald Trump a perpetual boogeyman, they will, and Republicans are very, very quick to get sucked into the trap of making him their martyr in chief. So I see this as being bad for the country in terms of the rhetoric that it's going to continue to stoke for both Republicans and Democrats. I see this as being something that should be investigated. But again, it's concerning the fact that he manages to stay in the media cycle and the people whom this benefits are Donald Trump and Democrats who want to continue to run on Donald Trump. I'm kind of tired of hearing about him, but if we're talking about the documents themselves, if we're talking about what should happen, I, I am, I'm concerned. I think there, there's, there's a there there to use a, a tired trope. All right, so let me submit this to you, Amanda. When you have a former president of the United States who was in possession of classified top secret information dealing with foreign entities and their nuclear weapons technology, you have admitted he is in violation of, in fact, the Espionage Act. That is a big deal, which means you're going to hear about that a lot in the news because that is unprecedented. We have never had this happen before. Uh, I, I would like to just ask directly, you do believe that Donald Trump did in fact likely steal classified information? I think that there's grounds to investigate that, certainly. I'm, I'm, yep. I believe that that's what it looks like right now. It, lo it looks like what I had what there were Republicans that were saying, right, is, oh, every president does this. Every president takes documents back. Well, you know, not every president takes these kinds of documents back. Right. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, you know good and damn well he stole them. So let's go ahead and set that aside. He stole the documents. He stole, as you have alluded to, what's called special access program documents. These things are not, they're not normative in the classification realm. 
These are programs that very few people actually know about. And typically you have a control officer in charge of a small group of people who are aware of these particular operations or this classified intelligence. That is a claim already present that Trump uh, stole that kind of classified information. Let me ask you about Republicans and their fascination with lying for Trump. I agree with you that this is a political dynamic also. So are Democrats benefiting from the negativity that negativity that Trump is bringing to the Republican Party? Of course, it's called politics, they're supposed to. I guarantee you, if we had a former president who uh, was about to be indicted for stealing classified information, this would be a talking point of the Republicans against Democrats. So that's the political issue that does not dissuade from the reality of him committing this very high crime and a crime that is punishable by multiple years in prison. But why do you think Republicans in particular, people like Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and others, have created a tour around the country to promote propaganda that's antithetical to the truth? Giuliani has promoted another defense theory that Trump doesn't even go that extreme to say. And others are coming up with all types of defenses, saying that the FBI planted the evidence, um, that he somehow declassified this information when he left, or he has the power to declassify as, as an ex-president. Why do you think Republicans are taking this particular line of defense, knowing that he could not prove any of this in a court of law? I think they're doing this uh, partly because it benefits them in the same way that it benefits Donald Trump. You see especially a lot of House races. Uh, you're constantly campaigning, so you have to constantly be saying things that are very out there if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat, and you have to be playing to your base. And that's what these Republicans are doing. You mentioned Marjorie Taylor Greene. You mentioned Matt Gates. These are people who have profited off of yeah. talking about how wonderful Donald Trump is. I agree with that. And let me read some highlights to um, how people perceive this. So according to a published survey, uh, this was published in Bloomberg, 50% of Americans surveyed, they believe that Trump should face criminal charges. We're not talking about Republicans or Democrats or independents. We're talking about all Americans surveyed, 50% uh, say he needs to face criminal charges. 41% of Americans say they say he, he does not need to face any criminal charges. The rest are undecided. Now, there's another poll released by Yahoo. And when you change the question slightly to say, are these allegations serious? It then jumps to 64% in this published um, survey, which means if more people believe he did it, more people will believe he should be prosecuted. Right now, you have a distinction in the data between individuals who believe he did it to individuals who believe it is a serious offense. Now, if you can create synergy between those two dynamics, all of a sudden, 60 to 70% 70, 70 of Americans will start to believe that Trump, in fact, needs to be prosecuted. When that, help, when that happens, the indictment is inevitable, period, and maybe even a full prosecution. Now, do you agree with me that likely, even if Trump gets indicted, probably will not go to jail, even though, in my opinion, he should, but he likely will not go to jail? What are your thoughts on that? Unlike many Americans, Dr. Ritchie, Donald Trump has access to very good legal counsel. Uh, so I'm, I agree that he likely would not face jail time. Uh, and that that's that's the truth of it, whether he did it or not. Okay. Um, 
And the reason I say I don't think he'll face jail time is because he has Secret Service. They can basically watch him day and night, uh, and it stops him from running for political office in the future. Let's talk about Judge Cannon. Judge Cannon, who is a Trump-appointed judge, made a ruling about the special master. I think the judge got the ruling wrong. Just to recap the ruling, the judge basically said, okay, here's your special master. The special master is a third-party attorney. In this case, it's a former judge. That third-party attorney will decide what is allowable and what is covered under attorney-client privilege. This has nothing to do with what the government knows or what they can read. They've read it all. They know all of it. They've already separated the information. This is about what they can use for their investigative standard and what they can present in uh, as way of evidence in the court of law. So that's what they're trying to stop here. So the judge told the special master that his powers, the powers of the special master have been extended to not only include attorney-client privilege, but also things that are executive privilege from the president. The problem with that is there's no guideline. There's no guideline from a statute. We have no law about it. There's no federal court uh, ruling. We have no court or case precedent. So this is going to be left up to the special master. What are your thoughts about this special master? And do you not see this to be a problematic design moving forward that we would allow one person to solve this when no legislative body nor the court has decided to? I think that it's a very confusing, it's a very interesting decision by Judge Cannon. And again, admittedly, not a legal scholar, uh, but the grounds on which this decision was made are a bit strange to me. I think this ties up the investigation. That's a boon once again for Donald Trump, and it's a boon for anyone who wants to keep Donald Trump in the media cycle, congressional Democrats. Uh, but it doesn't hinder, it doesn't halt the investigation. I expect this to be, I think it already has been been appealed or they're approaching for appeal. And I can see grounds for, for overturning this decision. That's a great thing about our, our legal process and our legal institutions. You keep saying congressional Democrats want to see Trump in the news. According to the latest poll, um, Americans in general, they want to see what Trump did while he was president of the United States. So they, they're interested in the story. Uh, and the other uh, dynamic connected to this is that Republicans, there are Republicans that would like to see Trump's grip loosened on the Republican Party. They don't like how strong his grip is. Uh, the January 6th committee hearings, they kind of helped with that. So my point is, when you say congressional Democrats are benefiting, no, Republicans that don't like Trump are benefiting as well. Uh, and I think Mitch McConnell is among them, to be frank with you. What are your thoughts? That is true, and I wish there were there were more vocal Republicans who were who were willing to talk about this and willing to answer questions about this. Right now, what they need to be doing is they need to be talking about the last two years. They need to be talking about two years of learning loss to kids. They need to be talking about inflation. They need to be talking about other things that polling shows that Americans care about. All these issues are important. There is room for all of them. Donald Trump tends to shadow things out, but there are real other serious issues that shouldn't be rushed out of the cycle just because of this. We should be following everything. You know, I agree with you that there are a lot of important issues almost all the time, right? And when you look at national news, typically they follow maybe three or four primary stories big time per week. They put a lot of emphasis and a lot of commentary and research in those stories. So let's talk about um, inflation, okay? This is something, ironically enough, uh, that Republicans could have had a winning message against Democrats, and initially they did. Uh, and then what happened? <laughs> uh, on certain days, you have Lindsey Graham coming out with the national ban on abortion. 
on a day where Republicans could have done a victory lap about the record inflation in America. Um, they could not get the messaging right. So now you literally have a party, a Republican Party, who typically they are on the wrong side of the majority sentiment of America. They got one. One is most Americans disagree with the rise in inflation. However, most Americans also disagree with Lindsey Graham when he decided to say, I'm now going to create a federal ban on abortion in America, even though the way Republicans sold abortion was a state's rights issue. He has now done an about face, told everybody that they were lying and that this is actually about something else and not about states' rights. So I see Republicans doing what Democrats would typically do, which is get in the way of their own messaging. Oh, yes. No, Democrats and Republicans both are very good at doing that. And I don't think there's a lot of daylight between the two of us on, on many things uh, that, that would d disturb us uh, about Republicans and what they're doing and fighting these culture war things. Uh, this would have been, yes, a great day for Republicans to be talking about these real issues that Americans care about. And instead, they do, yes, decide to pivot, or at least Lindsey Graham decides to pivot to talking about a, a, a federal ban on abortion, which would only take things back and forth between uh, Republican-controlled Congress and Democrat-controlled Congress. You could pass the ban, you could reverse the ban, you could pass the ban. It would be a nightmare. So yes, I agree with you that the messaging really needs work for both parties, and you're absolutely right about, about Lindsey Graham. Let me offer a nuance to inflation. As I said earlier, it is a political win for Republicans. It's not a nuanced win, and here's what I mean by that. If you actually look at inflation and you look at the catalyst of inflation, you cannot squarely blame one president. You cannot squarely blame Biden. Do you know, do you disagree with me on that? Not at all. I okay. think in fact, no, yeah, there a lot of a lot of inflation, a lot of what's what we're seeing today uh, was put into was put into practice back in 08, 09. Uh, you can look at, well, we'll get into quantitative easing and interest yep. on excess reserves, but there's all of that had a big, big role. And it also got worse when COVID hit because inflation is driven by the increased price of manufacturing and shipping goods. So once you have to pay more money to manufacture and ship the same products, that cost is passed down to the consumer. So now their dollar is not worth a dollar anymore. It's not worth the same as it was last year. And that's what drives inflation. Uh, so naturally, this started under Donald Trump. I do blame, you know, I do blame Donald Trump for not being better at handling the COVID crisis in America. Now, some people will criticize Biden as well. I criticize Biden myself. I do believe that uh, the inflation angle was the political winning angle for Republicans. I think they have now blown it. I think it is done. Uh, because of their own mixed messaging and the fact that they sit contrary to Americans on mo most ideas. Before I let you go, um, I did say in my introduction of you that you study Machiavelli uh, theory, political theory, uh, which is, um, I guess, somewhat dope. I studied it as well. Uh, I don't particularly su subscribe to the ideology that you have to rule uh, by fear rather than by love. But what are your thoughts about it? Oh, both. Well, Machiavelli does say that uh, fear and love are both very important. That's the, the full quote is that you should try to be both feared and loved. And if you can't be both, then it's safer uh, to be feared. And uh, it's, it's, it's good advice. But uh, no, I'm, I'm a fan of both.
All right, if you run for office, are you going to be feared or loved? I would like to be both, right. <laughs> but we'll see. All right, there you go. All right, a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you so much. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your work. Absolutely. People can follow me at Ajax the Griff on Twitter, A-J-A-X-T-H-E-G-R-I-F-F. And my contributor page is active at Young Voices. So you can see my latest work there as well. Thank you so much. Good luck in your PhD studies, Amanda. Thank you so much, Dr. Ritchie. It's been a blast. Absolutely.